reading our text together this morning. One thing that I did forget during announcements, this really sets the stage to be real spiritual, but while it's kicking in my mind, because they gave it to me last minute, is I know they're giving out t-shirts today that everybody ordered, but they are giving another order because I guess some of you saw colors that other people ordered and you say I really like that color so now I want one like that so you guys just talk to Crystal or Debbie or Chris or whoever and they'll that way now I'm out of trouble because I remembered when I sat down over there that I didn't announce that so I announced it now so and you all are my witness that I did so but uh, I, uh, I they'll take good care of you I'm sure so to this morning Matthew chapter number nine if you want to stand in honor of the word this morning it's a custom of our house. I know you just sat down, but you're getting your exercise this morning. You don't have to go to the gym. and didn't charge you a membership fee for that, so we may get you up and down a few more times today. But Matthew chapter 9, verse number 18, uh, let us begin. It says, While he spake these things unto him, this is Jesus speaking to a group of people, it says, There came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead or near the place of death but come and lay thy hand upon her and she shall live now I could stop and preach right there I'm not going to uh, we might circle back there for a few moments but and Jesus arose and followed him and so did his disciples verse number 23 and when Jesus came into the ruler's house and he saw the minstrels or the professional mourners and the people making a noise he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. Our text this morning is found in Matthew chapter 9. And the t reading that we just read together and our subject today is going to be in the form of a question. I want to ask you this question today. Who's in your house? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your your presence in this room we thank you for life that you have given us today and the privilege to be here and Lord I pray that for the next few moments you'd anoint this vessel Lord I pray that I would be able to deliver this that you have given me and birthed in my spirit Lord in such a manner that they would not hear me or see me but they would hear you and see you and only you and Lord that your precious anointing would break every yoke today off the lives of your people. And let us walk in victory. Let us walk in power and authority. And in health and strength, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord this morning. Matthew chapter number 9. While Jesus was speaking, there was a certain ruler who came and worshipped him simply saying, I know that my daughter is in a place of danger, in a place at the point of death, but... Come and lay your hands upon her, and she shall live. Notice he did not say might or could, but he simply said shall. This morning, I want us to understand that faith, when it is released, will automatically create worship. I want us to understand that. This moment that we read of, and we read it not just in the book of Matthew, but we read it throughout the Gospels where it brings us to a place of detail of this story that you're very familiar with this morning. If you've been around the church world at all, you've heard this passage preached from. 
But it clearly shows us the significance of this moment because it's not just spoken of once. It wasn't just impacting one individual, but it impacted multiple individuals because different individuals wrote the Gospels, and therefore every one of them began, when you begin to walk through the Gospels, it touched their heart in such a manner that they, and it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, that this needs to be really presented and shared. So we find that we know when you begin to read of this account in the book of Mark in chapter number 5, we know that this man or this ruler, this certain ruler, is a man by the name of Jarius. But when Mark's gospel begins to paint the picture for us in 22 and 23, it says that Darius came and when he saw him, when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and he besought him greatly saying, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come, lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she, shall be, and she shall live. Now, a little bit more detail, but the same context. We see a man is in great distress, and that's what we want to look at today. He was not concerned about who saw him, nor was he concerned by what others may think or say concerning him. But at this particular moment in his life, it is clearly seen that all that he was consumed about and with was the condition of his 12-year-old daughter. His worship at this moment in time was not for himself, but his worship was for that which he had given birth to, or we could say it this way. His worship was not for his generation, but it was for the generation that was following. Oh, that we could care for the next generation on a level such as this. We see his posture of worship touch the heart of Jesus in such a manner that Jesus immediately went with him. In Mark chapter 5 and verse number 24, we find that it says, And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him, and they thronged him. They was pushing upon him. But yet while they was in their travel, headed to Darius's house to deal with this situation, if you will. We find that most of you are familiar with the passages of Scripture that there was an interruption. There was a woman that had spent all that she had, and she had wasted all of her substance, if you will, on trying to get a natural cure for that which ailed her. And uh, we know she had an issue of blood for 12 years. And it's kind of ironic that at the time that a daughter was been born there was a generation becoming ill I don't have time to preach that this morning but we need to understand that while this interruption is occurring that there is devastating news that is delivered in the midst of a miracle season in the midst of a time where someone is receiving the powerful touch of Christ there is a devastating delivery of news that says why are you bothering the master because your daughter is no longer sick but now she has passed she no longer ceases to exist her body is here but there's no breath there there's her body is here but there's no future there is no life there's no hope 
any longer. Whatever you was holding on to, Darius, is now no longer present. But immediately we find that Jesus turning and he simply says these words to him. He speaks five words to Darius. And these five words, I think it's important that we understand that throughout your Bible, numerology is very important, but five is always the representation or a picture of grace. And he takes and he begins to speak grace into this situation because he simply says, be not afraid, only believe. The decision to believe in this very moment in Jairus' life caused the wheels of reversal to begin to move. We find that in chapter number 5 of the book of Mark in verse number 37 through 39, notice it says, and he suffered no man to follow him. At this moment, Jesus looked around at the crowd and simply stayed them where they was. And as they was moving on towards Darius' house, he simply said, Peter, James, and John, I want you to come with me. And we find that when they come to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, that it says that it was a tumult place. It was a place that was filled with noise. It was filled with weeping and crying and wailing. And it, but your Bible says that they wailed greatly. They was in a place of anguish. And how many knows that that's a normal reaction when you're dealing with this type of situation? But when Jesus come in, however, he says unto them, why are you making this a dough? Why are you behaving in this manner? Because what you are saying is present is not really what's going on. Because he's simply saying that you are saying that this damsel or this little 12-year-old girl is dead. But she's not dead. She's only asleep. But notice upon the pronouncement of her death, someone had opened up the door of Jairus' home and had invited in this multitude of people. It was according to custom at that time that when death would come, they would bring professional mourners and they would come into the house and they would begin to play their flute. And uh, they, wasn't, they wasn't playing, I'll fly away or I'll, I'll meet you in the morning. No, they was, they was in this state of grief-stricken manner and they would begin to weep and cry and they wasn't weeping and crying because of feeling the pain of the loss but it was their profession it was their custom and therefore there was wailing and can I tell you it's one thing for somebody to cry but it's another thing for somebody to really cry it, it's one thing for you to experience the anguish and it's another thing to experience the joy that will make tears begin to come into your eyes and I, all week my little grandson I don't know who spoiled him but it wasn't me I, I would never do that but every time he called me multiple times through the day and he'd say Papa come home now and I said I can't come home now and he just so happened to be on my front porch when I got home and and he he said and he come running off the porch and he ran and he grabbed me and he laid his head right here and, and he just held on. He wouldn't let go. And when I turned around and he was looking at his daddy and he said, Papa, 
Peppa, Peppa came home and big old tears was running down his eyes because he's so happy. Tell you, that's the best moment I've ever had. Uh, and can I tell you, I love those types of crying tears, but I've also been on the flip side when devastation and the cloud was so heavy and the weight was so heavy that it was like you couldn't breathe. And it's like, I don't know if I can make it another day. I, I don't know if I can give you the word that you're looking for. I, I don't know if I can give you the hope that you're asking for. I, we've, we've been there. A lot of us in this room, we've been there together in those moments. But can I tell you, we found out that through those difficult hours, uh, God's goodness has still been present. But can I tell you, there, that when, when there's a noise of wailing and there's a noise of heaviness, uh, and, and if we're not careful, it begins to take every fiber of strength out of us. But Jesus, when he walks in with Darius and Peter, James, and John, he says, I don't understand why you're doing what you're doing because what you're saying is the truth is not necessarily true. It may look factual. It may look like that's really the case, but he says it's not. Can he said there's a truth that you don't yet understand? Can I tell you this morning the the decision to, to believe that Jarius had just a short time before began to change the atmosphere in the spiritual realm? And upon their arrival, the atmosphere of Jarius's house was filled with music and crying and wailing. Significant, uh, signifying that death had came. But Jarius was not present, but somebody in his house, uh, somebody in his author under his authority had made the decision to allow these individuals into his home. And when Jesus come to the house, and we find that this is what they walk into, the scene is filled with darkness and hopelessness. Uh, but notice, uh, Jesus simply says, uh, as they was laughing him to scorn. He said, I want you to put them all out uh, because what's getting ready to take place is not necessarily for everybody, but there's got to be something done uh, that maybe uh, that, 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 that they don't quite get yet. But he said, because of Darius's faith and because of his faith prompted him into a place of worship uh, and his worship prompted him to make a request, Jesus was in a moment of fulfilling that which had been requested of him. Notice in your Bible, you have probably read time and time again that Ask and you shall receive. Uh, knock and it shall be opened. Seek and you shall find. And that's exactly what Jarius had did. But notice when Jarius had fell down and he began to worship him and he made a petition to him. He said, I desire that you would come and that you would lay your hand upon my daughter and she will be made whole and so therefore we find that Jesus arrives he walks into the house but he's not able to get into the room because of all of the mourning because of all of the noise because of all of the weeping uh, but he says that after they was put out uh, it says that he stepped in and he didn't sing a song he didn't dance a jig uh, he didn't wait for something to come uh, in a manner to manifest in any form but he simply walked 
walked in and did what Jarius had asked him to do. Uh, and by faith, the, the petition was made known. But when he walked in, Jesus took this little girl by the hand. Uh, and your Bible says uh, that she awakened uh, and that she stood up. Now, I'm starting to get to my message. This is just my introduction this morning. Uh, but notice, uh, in the midst of their laughter, he simply says two words. Uh, he says, give place, uh, meaning this, you're going to have to rearrange some things in here uh, if you want me to bring to completion uh, the request that you have made of me. Uh, can I tell you, if we're not careful, uh, we're asking God to do this and we're asking God to do that, uh, but when he gets to our house, our house is so full uh, of everything else uh, that there isn't any room for him. Uh, but can I tell you, if you've got a 12-ounce glass, you're only going to get 12 ounces in it. Uh, listen, uh, if you got a 16-ounce glass, you're only going to get 16 ounces in it. Uh, and there's only so much that your house can hold. Uh, and if your house is filled with professional mourners, uh, if your house is filled with uh, a lot of darkness and hopelessness, uh, and if you're not willing to get rid of it, uh, then God's saying, I can't really step into that thing. Uh, he says, I'm here and I'm willing and I am more than able uh, to do exceedingly and abundantly what you ever ask or think but however uh, you're going to have to make a decision uh, because at some point in your time uh, Jarius you gave somebody authority uh, or you let somebody make a decision on your behalf uh, and therefore your house is already filled to capacity uh, I know that you've got a 12 year old daughter laying there uh, and I know that they're saying that she's dead uh, and what you don't realize is life is right outside the door uh, but life can't get in there uh, until you make the decision to get rid of some stuff. Uh, can I tell you, oh, I, want, I want to preach just for a few moments this morning. Uh, is anybody with me today? Uh, we see the power of Christ uh, was released in this moment uh, to bring about a complete reversal, uh, all because uh, Jarius made a decision to make room for Jesus. Uh, I wonder if there's anybody under the sound of my voice this morning uh, that in the midst of the noise, uh, in the midst of the uncertainty, uh, in the midst of the pain, uh, are you willing uh, to, by faith, uh, make room for Jesus this morning? Uh, I come to ask us a question today. Uh, who is in uh, your house? Uh, is your life filled with hope and a spirit of expectancy this morning? Uh, or is it filled with doubt and uncertainty, hopelessness, and a blanket of darkness? Uh, listen, uh, it cannot house both. Uh, if darkness is present this morning, uh, it is because there is an absence of light. Uh, but when Jesus steps in, uh, he is still the light of the world. Uh, and when he steps in, uh, darkness is dispelled. Uh, can I tell you, uh, what is the thing this morning uh, that you have been led to believe uh, that is near death uh, or is already dead? Uh, is it your ministry? Uh, is it your marriage? Uh, is it your family? Uh, is it your community? Uh, or is it your nation? Uh, I don't know what it is this morning, uh, but I want somebody to hear the word of the Lord today. Uh, it is time to believe uh, and to believe only. Uh, I know that it may look like something else. Uh, I know that it may sound like something else. Uh, I know that all the signs might say uh, that it's over. Uh, maybe the skin color is already turned gray. Uh, and maybe it appears that there's no breath left in it. Uh, but this morning, can I tell you, uh, oh, I feel my help this morning. Uh, can I tell you, if you allow Jesus 
to step into that thing, uh, then you don't have to settle for death. Uh, you don't have to settle for defeat. Uh, but you can stand in the place uh, of victory. Uh, can I tell you, the songwriter said it very well. Uh, victory is mine. Uh, victory is mine. Uh, can I tell you, uh, we got to walk in this thing. Uh, listen, I have come too far uh, to sit down and say, well, we can't make it any further. Uh, I hear all the negative. Uh, I see all of the junk. Uh, can I tell you, people say, well, nobody really wants this or nobody wants that anymore. Uh, listen, uh, Wednesday morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yes, I said 6 o'clock. Uh, some of you don't even realize there's two 6 o'clocks in a 24-hour day. Uh, but at 6 o'clock in the morning, Wednesday morning, 150 men, I didn't say women, 150 men showed up at the church in Louisiana and uh, granted, there, we had to have breakfast, uh, but at the same time, uh, after breakfast uh, was an hour Bible study uh, on the goodness of God. Uh, can I tell you, the world would tell you that it's dead, uh, but I come to tell you this morning uh, that there is a church that is still alive and well. Uh, I want you to understand, uh, it's not about what you hear, uh, but it's about what you know. Uh, if somebody uh, will give place to God, he is faithful to show up, not uh, sometimes, Times, uh, but every time. Please hear me. The moment the house was silenced from the sound of death and Jesus moved into the room where she was, something changed. Notice Mark chapter 5, 42 and 43. It says straightway. That can be interpreted this way, immediately. Tell your neighbor without delay. Immediately the damsel arose and she walked. You know why the enemy doesn't want you to give place this morning to the Lord? He's not so much concerned that you're going to wake you up and open your eyes, but he's concerned that you're going to get out of that bed and walk. Please hear me. For she was of the age of 12 years, and they was astonished with great astonishment. Can I tell you, I believe sincerely that there is some people going to be astonished at what's getting ready to transpire, not just in the house of the Lord, but in the nations of the world. I wonder this morning if there's anybody that's just brave enough to believe again. Please hear me. Romans chapter 12, verse number 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me, Paul is writing. He said, to every man that is among you, that means your neighbor that's sitting on both sides of you as well as you. He said, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Notice this, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Every one of you, under the sound of my voice this morning, has been dealt a measure of faith, the measure of faith. Not just any measure, but the measure of faith. Now, you say, why is that important? If you will allow that measure of faith that God has given you to prompt you and to move you, you can turn to your neighbor and say, that thing's not really dead. Please hear me. I really come with a word of encouragement for somebody in this room. I may not be preaching to anybody but one this morning. 
may not even be in this room. It may be on, on the Internet this morning. I don't care where they are. I just want them to have ears to hear this morning. If it's just one. There is something getting ready to stand up and walk again. I want you to hear me this morning. That which the enemy would like for you to believe is not true. It isn't true. I know what it may look like. I know what it may sound like. But may I remind you that when Jesus rose on the third day of the week, or the, th the third day, very early in the morning, the first day of the week, he did not arise empty-handed. But there was something in his hand. When he came out, he came out, yes, with victory, but he came out with the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Now, we know according to the book of John, chapter number 10, that he has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but the keys that Jesus resurrected with surpasses all three of those things. When a man gives place to him and begins to believe, hear me this morning, life enters in to where death was. That's why today we can stand with confidence. And it brings me to this place once again where I want to ask you this question one more time. Who's in your house? Stop waiting for Jesus to remove something, but make a decision by faith to remove anything that does not glorify God in your life. And when you began to do that, it begins to change everything. Notice in Matthew chapter 9, verse 25, it says, But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. If your house is filled with everything that is pronouncing death, you must decide to do what Jarius did. He gives us a picture. Listen, I have activated my faith. I have allowed that faith to prompt me to a place of worship. And that worship, and I don't want you to miss this, that act of worship did not necessarily bring the situation to an end in that moment. But the enemy still tried to take that situation and to stop and to stifle what had been awakened in Jarius. When faith is put in motion and worship is beginning to take place in a man's life, he can guarantee that the enemy's going to show up with some type of bad news. But the news, while it may look factual, is not absolutely truth. And therefore, I choose to not operate in facts. I choose to operate in truth. What is truth? He is the beginning. He is the end. What is truth? 
He is my salvation. He is my strong tower that I run into. But by his stripes, I am healed. He isn't just someone of yesterday, but he's someone that is present today. David said it best. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And he said, oh, by the way, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's truth. But you don't, you don't understand what, what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing. Listen, I understand this simple fact. Believe only. Believe only. There are those of you under the sound of my voice today, you're dealing with some stuff. I know that. Every one of us is dealing with stuff. But what are we allowing our house to be filled with? Are we allowing it to be filled with the stuff? Are we allowing it to be filled with the promises of God? Because may I remind you that the promises of the Lord are what? Are yea and amen to everybody. No. What's it say? Promises are yea and amen to who? To those that believe. They sing a song and there's a little line in it that simply says, God said it, so I believe it. I don't have to understand it all, but I can look around the room today and there's enough testimonies in this room of the goodness of God that I can stand and say, you know what? He's still following. He's still present. I look at those that have went through some very life-altering challenges and it didn't look like it was going to happen, but then you're still standing and you're still sitting and you're still praising God. All of these years later, Sister Tammy, you're still, not only did you get what you asked God for, Lord, let me see my children grow up and graduate, but now you're getting to see grandbabies and I see you got another one coming. Listen, that is the goodness of God. Don't tell me. Don't tell me that his promises are not yea and amen to those that believe. Jarius, only believe. I'm going to bring this to a close as they come to the music this morning. I'm going to get done. Listen, don't, don't expect this every Sunday. If your house is filled with everything that is pronouncing death, you must decide to do something. You have to decide what your house is going to be. Are you going to allow hopelessness and darkness and uncertainty to be present? Or are you going to raise up a standard against it? And are you going to begin to speak and proclaim the promises of God? I want you to get this this morning. The moment that he walked in, he simply touched her hand. And he spoke to her. And she awakened. And she stood. You don't need the greatest choir. You don't need the greatest theologian, you don't need the greatest preacher, 
you don't need all of the things that the world is saying we need here's what I want you to hear this morning you simply just need Jesus so how is it that Jesus is walking down an old dirt road with his sights set on a destination and he ends up at the house of Darius. Wasn't on his schedule that day, wasn't planned. But if we could ever catch the picture of Darius, a man of authority, a man of position, a man of high regard, he said, none of that matters. What matters is that I understand that there's something happening in my house that I'm not okay with. And he laid aside every title that he had and he ran in the public square and he knelt down. Man, if you could understand throughout the history and the custom of what that signifies as a, as a scholar, as a ruler of the synagogue, bowing down at the feet of Jesus, this boy from Nazareth where nothing good comes from and you're a synagogue ruler and you're going to bow down at his feet and you're going to worship him? Jarius, what are you thinking? Have you gone mad? No, there's a measure of faith in here that began to talk to me. There's something inside of me that began to tell me that if you really want something to change, you got to go find Jesus. Listen, this morning, if you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear me this morning. That if, if, you, if you're desperate for a change, if you're desperate for a miracle, if you're desperate for something to be different in your life, you're going to have to lay aside everything and just go run and allow that measure of faith that God gave you uh, to prompt you into a posture of worship. And when you bow in worship... And you begin to make your petition known. Can I tell you, you change and you alter his path and his steps in that moment. But don't expect there to not be any resistance or any negativity come. But even in the midst of the negativity and the resistance, you just need to hear this. Believe only. Believe in what was already triggered back here. Doesn't matter what the doctor's report says. Doesn't matter what the bank account says. Doesn't matter what all the other ministries say. Doesn't matter what people's opinion might be. Listen, doesn't matter. I know what God said. I know what God said. I said, I'm just going to keep believing. But she's dead, Jarius. No, just believe. It's not what you think it is. Just believe. But when they got there, Jarius, you're going to have to do something with this house. You're going to have to make a decision. Listen, I may just be talking to one this morning, but it's time to clean house. If all you're hearing is negativity, if all you're hearing is wailing and weeping and crying from those that's in your circle, you need to remove yourself from that circle. Negativity can never give birth to miracles. Negativity can never give birth to the supernatural of God. Listen, 
I've learned this through the years. I can love people from a distance. Not everything is going to speak into my life. Not everything's going to help cast vision in my life. If it's going against what the Lord is saying, you don't need it present in your life. Some of the biggest holdups for miracles is our desire to hold on to relationships that God has not ordained. But the moment certain things is removed, it gives him a welcome mat, so to speak, to step in and to do what you ask him to do. I wonder this morning if there's anybody in this room that would say, Preacher, I have asked the Lord for something. I'm asking him to do something. But it doesn't feel like he's moved just yet. I wonder, would you be willing to self-examine and say, You know what, Lord, is there anything making noise in my house that shouldn't be present? And would you give place to him this morning? If you and I will give place to Jesus in the now, and if we'll allow him to touch the thing that we're crying out for, I sincerely believe that there's a moving and a releasing of heaven's virtue where things will begin to live again. As we stand all over the house this morning, Jesus, my daughter's at the point of death. But if you'll come, if you lay hands upon her, she shall live. You can do what you will with this simple message this morning. I didn't give you any profound revelation. But I'm giving you the simplicity of the gospel this morning. That if you believe... And if you'll make room, he can come in and lay his hand on it. And death has to be expelled. There is a desire in the spiritual realm, in the heavenly realm, for the people of God to become very healthy in this moment of time. For the work that is ahead. We're going to have to make a decision to give place to him. In the stillness of this room, I delivered this much differently than what I anticipated to deliver this morning. But in the stillness of this room, and I don't do this all the time, but I'm going to ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes with me just for a couple of moments this morning. No distractions not thinking about what your neighbor's doing or 
But I want us just right now, just got to get in an attitude of prayer, an attitude of worship. Here's what I want to say to us while we're in this mindset, in this moment. Do you desire a change? Is there an area in your life, or a situation in your life, a relationship, a ministry, your community? Is there a place that you're drawn to right now It says, God, I need you to do something in this situation? If you can say yes to that question, Here's what I'm asking you. Will you give place for him? Will you allow him to step into that room? You see, if we're not careful, we'll give him every chamber of our heart except for that one little chamber and say, I've got that door nailed shut. I've got it wedged shut. And Lord, I'm not going to let you go in there because I don't even want to talk about it. don't want to think about it because it's too hurtful. It's this, I want it to be out of my life, but Lord, I just can't open. Listen today, will you give, will you give him place to that room? Because here's the deal this morning. If you'll give place to that disappointment, that hurt, that situation, that diagnosis, this deal or that deal, this relationship or whatever. And if you'll believe this morning, I believe before you walk out the doors of this building that there can be a wealth of healing go into that situation. And you can walk out of here free, walk out of here whole, walk out of here encouraged, Could you imagine the atmosphere change in Jairus' house? Weeping, wailing, darkness, hopelessness. And a man just simply walks in and takes her hand and says, Arise. And she stood up. Life present where death was just the moment before. That can be you this morning. That can be that relationship. That can be that situation. That can be that, near, that miracle in your body. That can be your mind been renewed. That can be your spirit been restored. But you just have to choose to believe right now. If you'd say this this morning, Pastor, you're talking to me this morning. No one looking around. Can you lift your hand and just put it right back down, please? God bless you. God bless you this morning. I want to pray with you today. You've heard me say this throughout the years. I couldn't tell you how many times I've said it. This altar is not a place of weakness, but it's a place of strength. It's not a place of judgment. But it's a place of love. It's a place of healing. It's a place of deliverance. And while I understand we can pray right where we're standing and all of those things, but there's something about when somebody will just choose to believe and take that walk. 
There are those today in church growth that will tell you, oh, you should never ask anybody to walk to the front of your building. It just, it, it, listen, it's called faith in action. And I wonder if hands was all over this building this morning. I wonder if there's anybody that would be willing to meet me right down here in the front of this building and say, I'm going to give place to God today. And I'm going to let this thing come. I'm going to let his touch be present in my life. Would you come right now? God bless you as you come. We're going to pray with you today. As they just began to minister in song this morning, you can stand, you can kneel, however you're more comfortable. And we're just going to believe and trust God this morning right now that we're making room for Jesus. And there's life coming. There's health coming. There's strength coming. There's joy coming. There's peace coming. Those of you that are standing in this sanctuary, I want you to just begin to have an attitude of prayer. If you feel impressed, saints of God, come stand behind, pray one for another this morning in the front of this building. But God's about to bring hope. He's about to bring peace. He's about to bring some rest into the lives of these men and women. Can we just pray together this morning? Hey everyone, thanks for watching. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, and as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.